Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hello, friend, and welcome to episode 39 of the Still Space podcast, Career Preservation When You've Been Laid Off, and this is for anyone. This week, one of my clients was laid off, and this episode is not a scheduled episode. It wasn't what I was going to record to present to you, but because there was so much emotion involving one of my clients, it spilled over to me, and I feel her pain, and I want you to be prepared for if something like this were to happen to you, and I'm going to share with you the exact same things that I share with her and my other clients who feel they may be in the market to be laid off. First of all, let's start with the rejection that is felt down into the core of your being when somebody comes to you and hands you an agreement for separation, a reduction in force, terminated for cause, whatever the reasons are, this gets right down into our being with making us feel unsafe because we've just been ousted from our tribe. We've just been told you are not valuable enough to keep You aren't what we need right now. We don't want you to be here any longer. That's what it sounds like. That's what we're processing. And quite frankly, that's what it is. Code it any way that you want. But you're being turned away from an organization that you probably felt dedicated to. And you're feeling like, how could this happen? You're a deer in the headlights saying, but I gave my whole career to this. This is so disrespectful. And then we get angry. We start finding fault with the organization, fault with our manager, fault with that person's manager. And this discomfort just keeps growing and growing into embarrassment, rejection, fear, lack of value, inadequacy, and all of this just compiles on itself to where we are almost in a primal state, feeling completely inept and able to move forward in our lives. Okay, so I think it's very important first to honor the feelings that are present. Because how this usually commences is you have no warning. 
Your manager and an HR director walks into your office, sits down or else calls you into their office, have a separation agreement right there for you to sign. You, of course, are not going to sign that. You are going to ask for at least 24 to 48 hours to consider what's in that agreement. And if for some reason you feel you have a case against the organization, which is most of the time not the case, that gives you time to reflect on that, find a professional, seek advice. But most of the time, you want to give yourself time to just digest what's in the document. And you're trying to do that from a tactile perspective, which is hard to do when you're feeling hurt. Nonetheless, give yourself that time. Make sure you conduct yourself with grace. Don't argue with them because there is absolutely nothing that you're going to say that is going to talk them out of laying you off. This decision has been in the works for at least three to four weeks prior to it happening. Legal people have been consulted. The budgeters have been consulted. This has been going on for a long time. So your goal in that moment is to manage yourself. Use the still space moment to take a very deep breath. And these tips that I'm giving you today can be used in any crisis moment. That's why this is for everyone. Take a very deep breath. And if you have to, put your hand to your heart and nurture yourself in this moment because you've just been given a very big action of rejection. So hand to heart, deep breath. Okay, I can conduct myself with grace and get out of this meeting with my dignity. Listen to what they have to say. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to offer anything. You just want to be very thorough and concise in your processes. So I hope is not the case, but often they escort you back to your office and watch you pack your things. And be very smart about what you take. Remember all of the things that were yours when you came there. They're going to acutely pay attention to what you copy uh, and probably have already turned off your computer such that you can't get any files off of your computer. So red flag here. Everybody that's listening, stop doing what you are doing. Stop doing what you are doing and listen very closely to what I am going to say. If there is anything on your computer that you need to conduct your life, your career search, move forward with any aspect of your happiness, fluidity in your career, copy it off of your drive right now onto a Google Drive so that you have it somewhere else. Is that a resume? Is it that your contact list? Take your phone into uh, the phone store who is your provider and get your contacts into a file such that they can be copied somewhere else. Your contacts are going to be most important. You need those contacts. If you don't know how to get them off your phone, a phone store will help you do that. All of the documents that you have been building up throughout your career, and I'm not telling you to take intellectual property of the organization, that would be against the law and it would not be ethical. I'm suggesting that you take the property that is yours, your property, 
anything that you've worked on that is yours that you feel that you need, copy that to a Google Drive right now before you leave your office today. This is something that you should do on a regular basis. Keep files that you've been keeping perhaps on your computer at work that are personal to you. Make sure you have them copied elsewhere. So what this boils down to is if somebody were to come into your office tomorrow and create separation between you and the organization, there is nothing electronically in your files that you are going to regret that you didn't copy. That's important. Again, you may not copy intellectual property of projects that you've worked on for the organization, but if you have something personal to you, that is what you want to make sure that you don't leave and can't access in case something really difficult happens. So let's now move into the mindset that you want to take with you moving forward. We talk a lot in the still space about how thoughts lead to stories, which lead to emotions, which lead to action. And the story here is very painful. The story that we may be telling ourselves, and I have been counseling people for a very long time, so I know very deeply how this is gutting. And this is how some of those stories go. I gave my whole life to this organization. I've worked hard for them. I can't believe this happened. This is so unfair. I must not be very good if they didn't keep me. There's something wrong. And then we start to personalize it. This is very toxic, but it is what we do. It's human nature. We've just been given this big rejection, and then we make it about us. Extremely unhealthy, but is human. This is what we do when our thoughts are in control, not the thinker. So that thought that tells you there's something wrong with me, I can't believe this happened, I should have left this organization long ago, now leads to the emotion of despair, weakness, inept, not valued, turned away, rejected, and that then follows with action that is counterproductive. We are uh, self-deprecating, we don't take risks, we don't think of ourselves as big, so we play small, we get irritable, we are defeated, so therefore we might lash out at people because we are so uncomfortable with the emotions that we're sitting with. That's why the most important thing you can do interpersonally is process the emotion of having been turned away by your organization. And it may be something that happened to 40 other people. But that really doesn't matter to you because, of course, you're taking it personally. It happened to you. So try and stay in the zone of your genius. And by that, I mean it's not going to serve you to ruminate about how this might be personal to you, how it isn't fair. Whatever those thoughts are, they're not working in your favor right now. But once you can let go and process, you can't let go if you don't process through all of the discomfort, the hurt, the negativity, cry it out, talk it out, talk to somebody about it, let it out, don't hold it in, don't bottle it down, don't eat it away with vices, 
and alcohol and anything else that is not going to be healthy for you. Let it out. Don't stuff it down. And once you do that, start to think about a new thought and how that thought might serve you. Because typically what I've seen is that somewhere along the line, you may have seen this coming. And this is not a time to say I should have done something prior. This is a time to say, you know what, I'm pretty instinctive. And I have found myself thinking maybe there's something else I could be doing. Maybe now is the opportunity to do that. And I don't know that I need to stay in this industry. Maybe I can look a little broader at other industries or other titles or other positions. Maybe relocate. Maybe go back to the town that I really loved. Maybe go live where people are that I care about. Maybe look at opportunities a little bit broader. Once you can process through those difficult emotions, then you start to think a little bit differently. And the emotion that follows those thoughts might be opportunity, happiness. The thought of actually doing something I really love in a company that values me. And now we start to think about putting strategy together. And that's what I'm going to get to right now. Now we start to think about being smart about a career change. So no matter where you are in your career, don't allow a career problem to become a me problem. Because when we do that, whether we've been laid off or we're having a difficult time with a subordinate or a boss or a family member or anybody else in our life, we can start to personalize it. And that is not helpful for you. Because when we do that, then we get on the treadmill to nowhere where we're just going to push harder. We're going to push down on the gas pedal as opposed to plugging the leaks. We're getting back on that hamster wheel instead of facing the discomfort that we want to let go of. So allow yourself that still space without having to, I'll just get busy. I'll just get on Indeed tomorrow. I'll get on Zip Recruiter. I'll go to Glassdoor. I'm going to take that resume out and just send it out as is. That's not going to help you and it's going to make you feel stuck and it's not going to be productive. So let's talk about some very practical things that you want to do if you have been laid off. And this will be a list. You can take notes on this and pull them out. If you ever have a friend or a family member that needs the advice uh, and hopefully you won't need it for yourself, but you will have it in your tool belt. First thing tactically that you want to do is sit down with your resume and make a list of all of your measurable key accomplishments. And I'm going to tell you why you need that list. Measurable key accomplishments are increased sales a certain percent, decreased costs a certain percent, increased whatever attrition, whatever numbers that you measure in your department. Whether you personally were the only one who was involved in that number is irrelevant. If you're working in a department and the department achieved something, you are part of that achievement. And include that in your measurable key accomplishments section of your resume 
and reference it in your cover letters. But the most important thing that you're going to do right now is number two on the list is reach out to former colleagues and ask them for letters of reference. Now, why is that important? It's important because those letters of reference are a third party testament to your value. You can talk about your value 10 times over in your resumes and your cover letters and your applications, but when somebody else says it about you, it's far more impactful. And when you request that of them, if it's through an email, it might sound something like this. Dear Sue, I've found myself in transition and I very much value the work that we did together and your perspective and I'd like to ask you to write a letter of reference for me to whom it may concern such that I can use it in my job search. I have included below some of the things that we worked on together and accomplished. If you want to include these in the letter, this will make it easier for you. No need to if that's not what you'd like to say. I just want to make this easier for you. And the last thing that you say in the letter is, if you are so inclined to help, I'd appreciate it if I could have this letter by and insert a date that is a week from the day that you request it. So again, you're asking for a letter of reference. You're giving them bullet points to put in that letter so it actually says something measurable and you're giving them a date that you'd need it back by. These three things will help you more likely get a letter that is valuable and in a timely manner. Number three is create a company watch list. This is a list of companies that maybe do not have an open position right now. Most people will go out to jobs boards and start looking for jobs with keywords on them. I would prefer that you look for roles that have values associated with your personal values. So if you value flexibility, if you value a company, of course, that respects you, if you value a company that has upward mobility and isn't flat or has a career ladder very clearly defined, you want to know that before you start randomly searching because we've talked about this before. There are several types of action. The first one would be random action, which is not helpful. The other would be passive action where you ruminate. And we want you to take the most efficient action and that is committed action. And we can't be committed if we don't know what we're committed to. So we want to make sure that you have your personal values defined and when you're looking to build your prospective company watch list, you're looking up the company's values. And then you want to look on Glassdoor to see if the company actually lives the values instead of maybe hanging them on the wall. And people really don't feel that they're respected there, even though dignity and respect is hanging on the wall. And so we want to make sure that your career shift now is something positive because this might be an opportunity that you've been waiting for all along and now it's the impetus to go after it. So let's talk a little bit now. Item number four on this list is your LinkedIn profile. What to do with your LinkedIn profile. 
You can shift your LinkedIn profile to seeking so that it looks like you're looking for an opportunity if that is something that makes sense for you. If you are still getting a severance from the company that you're currently working for when you get laid off, you can leave your position as if you're still working there because you are technically if you are receiving a severance from that organization. So you have to just think through what is going to be appropriate for you. But most importantly in the profile is that you include keywords that artificial intelligence scrubs will be looking for because this is how corporate America now looks for talent. They don't always wait for people to apply to them. They actually go out and seek people with specific skills. And you know what those skills are in your industry. So if it's critical thinking, if it's strategic execution, and these are a little broader because they're not industry specific, but these are the things that are transferable. Knowing your transferable skills is extremely important. These are the things that are transferable such that you can use these in any industry. So make a list of the skills right now. We're not talking about values. We're talking about skills that you have, these strengths that you have that other companies, industries, organizations will be looking for and make sure they appear in the body of your bio on LinkedIn. Now I'm going to mention something here for anybody who really is struggling. I have a free document that I will email you if you're uh, in a situation and you need a little guidance and it takes you, walks you through all of these steps and I'm happy to email it to you. If you email me at marylee at maryleegannon.com and ask for my eight-step career plan for when you don't know what position or industry is right for you. I will be happy to email that to you. I give this to my clients that are in the same position. Very simply walks you through. It's multiple pages and you just fill in the blanks and this will give you a career plan. So if you're looking for that, email me and I'm happy to send it to you. I do not like to see people suffer. I think corporate America has commoditized people in a way, sometimes not all corporations, but I see it across the board and I have a lot of clients that fall into this category. So I know it's a problem. We don't help you with outplacement services find another role. I don't know why that's not part of our reduction in force a lot of the time, but unfortunately we have to be the owner of our own career. Item number five in this list is make the most of your meanwhile time. That's what you're in right now, this transition time between this difficult situation and your next opportunity. And in your meanwhile time, you may want to take classes. You might want to get a certification that you think you need. I would just be very careful that what you're doing is purposeful and not just busy work because I don't want to see that distract your focus from being vulnerable in searching inside yourself instead of externally with busyness, searching inside yourself for what really resonates with you. Maybe it's starting your own business. 
Maybe it's shifting industries. Maybe it's, again, it's a relocation. So just be very purposeful about your meanwhile time. So how do you know? Maybe people will say, well, Mary Lee, how do I know if what I'm thinking is purposeful? Do the thought cycle. Do the thought, emotion, action cycle. What is the thought behind this action I want to take? Whether it's go back to school, get a certification. What's the thought associated with that? Is that going to make me feel better? I'm doing this because doing something is better than nothing. Those are not very good thoughts. A good thought would be, well, this will help me learn a skill that I always wanted to have that I don't have right now. And that skill might not have anything to do with your career. You might want to take an art class. You might want to take a pottery class. You might want to take a class on home improvements. Do something for yourself. Remember that you are still a person first and a worker second. You're a person. You're somebody's child. You're somebody's parent. You're somebody's brother or sister. You're somebody's friend. Be sure to nurture yourself along the way because we are like pitchers of water. We can't always be pouring out into other people's glasses, sometimes we have to put the pitcher down and fill it up from the source, which could be ourselves. Fill up that pitcher with our own water, with our own thirst for knowledge, with our own thirst for growth or connection with other people. And step number six, the last step in this plan that I'm talking about here after you've been laid off, is to make sure you're very clear on your messaging and your leadership brand. If someone were to ask you, well, why should we hire you? Or what makes you unique? Or what skills do you bring to the table that we may not have right now? You need to have a statement that backs that up. You need to be so familiar with that statement that it rolls right off your tongue and when it does, you will believe it. Let me repeat that. We must believe that we deserve to advance. We must believe that we are capable and have efficacy. We must believe that we are strong. And how do we do that? By knowing who we are. And how do we know who we are? By spending time defining it. It doesn't sprinkle out of the sky like rainbows and butterflies. We have to spend some time building it. If people ask me, well, Mary Lee, what do you do as an executive coach? I say leaders hire me to be respected, advance at the executive level, and prioritize well-being without being so tired that they don't connect with the people who matter. I know my brand, I speak to my brand, and those are the people that hire me because it's very clear. What is your brand? Why you? Why now? What can you do so well such that nobody else can do it the way you do? And when you go on an interview, you want to be able to speak to that. You're going to walk into an interview with a 30, 60, and 90-day plan as if you already had that job. I guarantee you 99% of the people going to that interview will not have done that, but you will do it well because you 
have spent time defining your leadership brand and what your leadership impact will be. And that doesn't mean that you're going to know everything about a company when you go in for the interview, but you will have done research to understand broadly what's going to be expected of you and they want to see how you think. Can you think linearly? Are you a critical thinker? So you're going to show them things like, I will meet with these stakeholders in the the first 30 days, and these people in the next 30 days, and these people in the next 30 days, and I will have this put together by 60 days, and that put together by 90 days. That comes from stepping into your zone of genius, which you cannot be in if you are dogged by the head trash of the thoughts that we talked about at the beginning of this show. I can't believe this happened to me, these victimizing thoughts. This isn't fair. I've given my whole life to this career. No, you're thinking new thoughts now because you've vetted and processed what's in your imagination. You know, those thoughts that aren't serving you, the ones that keep reminding you how you're not good enough, how things didn't work out fair, how you're a victim here. That No. You're now living in your zone of power and you have taken the time. This requires time and dedication and energy, but you have a lot of it now. You have energy and time on your hands and focus that time on things that are going to be productive for you. Bless and release that other organization. Say nothing negative about it on an interview or a networking event or to anybody. You're looking for your next opportunity because as a hiring manager, if I hear you saying something unkind about an organization, I know you're going to do that about my organization if we hire you. So have strong character. Don't betray yourself. Don't betray the soul of who you are in the pain that you are processing in order to release it. So know your brand know your messaging, and be able to speak to how you've used your strengths to achieve great things for an organization and for yourself personally. People want to know who you are personally. Put the guard down. Be vulnerable. In there lies the magic. One last thing I want to share here is how to anticipate if you're going to be laid off. And the number one thing I can tell you is be aware, don't be in denial, be very acutely aware of indicators that are going on within your organization, and here's what they might be. A, responsibilities are being taken away from you. You're noticing you're losing direct reports, departments that used to report to you. B, they are asking you to cross-train someone to do your job. I don't want you to be paranoid about that because often in roles we are cross-trained. But if all of these are stacking up against each other, this might be indication that there might be a layoff coming. If you are in conflict with anyone within power in the organization and now you're losing direct reports and being asked to cross-train, not a good sign. And the organization is struggling financially. This might be another sign. If you're putting all of these things together and your gut is telling you this may not be a good sign for me, 
That is indication not to go into denial and bury our heads in the sand, but to be prepared. Get your contacts off your phone and somewhere else where you can get those into another phone if need be. Get any documents off your computer that are personal to you that you want saved elsewhere. Start looking at other opportunities, brushing up your resume, networking, gathering letters of reference. Just be prepared so that if something happens, you have a plan in place. Almost everyone that I've worked with that has been laid off had some sign indicating that this was coming. Be aware of those signs. Don't internally personalize them to you having something wrong with you. The organization may be functionally unable to carry your position or to use you any longer or to make good use of the talents that you have because they're going in a different direction. That's not personal to you. That's not to say that there might be something personally going on there where somebody has targeted you. Either way, it doesn't matter. You want to be prepared. You want to be equipped with thoughts that are going to lead to positive emotions that are going to get you action that's going to be productive for yourself. That's where your focus is. What's your plan? In closing, I want to remind you that this is a very important time for you to be good to yourself to remember how wonderful you are, how your entire career does not boil down to what one organization said to you, one manager said to you, one situation has delivered to you. Your career has been a plethora, myriad things that you've achieved for organizations, for people, for yourself. And this one situation does not qualify or quantify your entire career. It is a situation. It is not an edict on your value. And how do we keep ourselves in strong belief in ourselves? in strong measure of ourselves by reminding ourselves with mindful daily practices that we can live in the moment where the thinker is in charge, not the runaway thoughts that bring on random actions and passive actions. Those committed stay in the moment practices that keep us in committed action, action that is purposeful. And if you don't have mindful daily practices, simply start with your breathing. In the still space, just very quietly, start with a slow, deep inhale and a even slower, deep exhale. I'm breathing in. I'm breathing out. I'm breathing in, two, three, four, five, hold, two, three, four, five, out, two, three, four, five, calm, two, three, four, five. Just that simple practice of the four fives 
Bringing in two, three, four, five. Hold two, three, four, five. Out two, three, four, five. Calm two, three, four, five. Slowing that exhale slows down your heart rate. Release your tongue. Scan your mind through your body. Be aware of where you're holding tension in your body such that you can release it. Don't stuff it down. Allow it to release. Remember things that you enjoy. Think of your favorite songs. Hum one quietly to yourself or belt it out. Turn it up. Notice the lyrics. Which words speak to you most? Make a list of other songs that may make you happy. Put them in your playlists on your phone. Play them in your car. Time seems to pass too quickly. Stop to take a snapshot of a moment that you care about. Describe what's happening within you, around you. Was somebody particularly kind to you in this transition, in this layoff? Maybe journal about how that made you feel, to have somebody reach out and extend themselves to you. Journaling is a wonderful mindful practice. What do you want to remember most about this situation that you're going through right now? That might be something good to write about. Are you learning something about yourself that you want to bring to your next role or to the people around you? What are those strengths that you're noticing about yourself? Close your eyes. Make a wish. Why do you want this wish to come true? Why don't you need this wish to come true? Lots to think about. What will be, will be. Be a part of what will be. Don't be a victim to what is being done or happening around you. Because you are awesome and you have power and you have amazing strengths within you that you're going to define now as well as your values and compare those to the organizations that you're putting on your watch list. That purposeful job pursuit is going to show you how resourceful and tenacious you are and is going to deliver to you something wonderful Allow for that to come your way because you deserve it. I have been working for the last six months on a really exciting program that my clients have asked for and my followers have asked for. It's a brand new program called Mindful Leader Satisfied Life Circle. This is a six-month group program where you have support from me, from other people in the group every day whenever you need it. It starts with immediate access to a five-module system, which I'm going to show you in a moment. But the most important part is we have weekly group coaching calls. Once a week, I am going to coach you such that other people can watch you being coached and you can watch other people being coached so you can learn from other people. This group learning is the best tool that I've seen. And I know this because I've joined several groups over the past year to see the value of it. I am amazed at what I've learned by watching the evolution of other people. And this is why I've decided to make the commitment 
to put together this program for you. Included in it, there are six modules that you'll get access to right away. We have the group calls. You will receive a hard copy that I will mail to you of Flow on the Go Guide. It's a planner full of all of the principles that we talk about on this podcast. There will be a private group where we can post things, pictures, questions. So every day that will be read by me and everybody else in the group. And most importantly, let me tell you the value to you. And I'm going to structure it in the five modules. There's a bonus six module, but I'm going to talk specifically about the five module training areas. Number one, you have clarity. That builds your self-awareness. You effortlessly spend time and energy on things that matter, things that serve you. You're not churning in unproductive perfectionism just to convince yourself that you're doing something rather than nothing. And you're noticed by colleagues for an open perspective now. People take notice. In the second module, you transformed out. That's self-regulation. You notice your negative thoughts immediately, face the difficult emotions you've been avoiding, reconstruct a new thought that serves you before a limiting assumption turns into a belief that latches on and holds you paralyzed and hostage from your dreams. You show up with confidence, with presence, instead of frustrated, withdrawing, or lashing out with regret. Turning to overeating or other vices, discontinue exercising or other healthy routines, or distance yourself from people, or have strained personal relationships. You're noticed by your friends and co-workers for your impulse control. Optimizing your environment is the focus of Module 3. That's where you have self-acceptance that we talk about. Your confidence is soaring. You draw healthy boundaries around your self-concept, your time, your relationships, your work and interests. You have heightened effectiveness, shorten the time to launch, have efficacy on projects or a job search because you're prepared with resources and connections to support you. You're not exhausting yourself on the treadmill to nowhere with more grind and hustle. In Module 4, you position your brand. Here's where you are quickly the sought-after choice for any team, project leadership, promotion, hire. You know and project your signature strengths, value proposition, personal mission, executive presence, and measurable key accomplishments. You don't waste time on what others do. Hiring resume writers, getting another degree, going to conferences, ruminating about corporate politics and cynicism and bureaucracy. You're the must-have. And in the fifth module, huge here, big on self-acceptance, you're playing big. And this is where you earn more money. You have self-mastery. You can walk into any situation, discussion, interview, meeting, and matter because you're sustainably at your best. You know how to do that and succinctly and consistently do it. You have a 30, 60, and 90-day plan and an assuredness about yourself. You have the ability to regulate difficult thoughts and emotions without the looming doubt. You see the opportunities and enjoy healthy personal relationships and healthy routines. You have certainty about you. People call you not the other way around. This is fun. It is so much fun to see the transformation in other people. And I'm now going to be able to share that with you in this group program. So head on over to my website, maryleegannon.com. And look for the details on the Mindful Leader Satisfied Life Circle. I can't wait to work with you. I'm glad you were with me today. And I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com. 
where you can also learn more about working with me.